Today we have Roger Comstock on the podcast and he runs a company called Zero Dollar Startup. And it's a really fascinating idea of being able to create a business online without any money. So no investment besides his coaching program. And it's a great way to create passive income. We have a lot of similar friends. We met in an event and I've heard a lot of great things about Roger and his business and they're very reputable. And so I wanted to have him on. I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, Roger, thanks for coming on, man. Dude, I'm grateful to be here with you guys. You got a good team, great office, man. I love it. Yeah, it's crazy when we connected. I think it was at the Crypto and Cars event a couple of weeks ago. Yes, sir. But we know a lot of the same people, so I don't know how we haven't crossed paths earlier. But I know. I'm grateful to know you, and it's a good group, too, yeah, to be good, a part of. Good group. So tell us about you. What's your background? Where are you from? Oh, uh, dude, I, uh, I'm originally from Mapleton, okay. uh, Utah, and I love it there. Um I just it's recently, so pretty. it's beautiful. It is very is pretty. Is there a new, I, somebody was telling me in the parade that there's a new neighborhood in the parade of homes where there's like a wakeboard strip. Yes. Lake, lake there or something. Yeah, there is. It's a man-made lake. You can wakeboard and water ski and it's a lot of cool. Yeah. A lot of cool homes on the side That's of it. Sick. It's right across the street from where I had, uh, I'd grown up. It's a great place to be. And it's kind of maintained. It's a rural setting, which is nice because everywhere else around Utah has just exploded, which yeah. is wild, man. But it's a good place. I, uh, I got married a year and a half ago. I got married a little bit later. So I'm 34, um, married to my sweetheart. She's the coolest girl in the world. I feel so grateful to have her. Uh, we've got a dog. We're trying to have kids right now. So cool. I'm super excited about that. And congrats on all that. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Did you, was Mapleton like more farming type of community? Yeah. Did yeah. you do any farming growing up? I, I did. I used to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, I did rodeos growing up and cool. we had cows and horses and yeah, all that fun stuff, man. Nice. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Alpine a little bit. Alpine's already kind of changed a lot, but it used to be that where everybody had like the one or two acre lots with animals. And then all of a sudden that becomes like the really high end real estate that everybody yeah, wants. That's, that feels like Mapleton right now. Everybody's cashing out, man, yeah. subdividing and, and uh, yeah, capitalizing on the market. So tell us about your, your business story, what you started in, how you evolved to do what you're doing right now. Yeah. So I, uh, I feel like primarily people, they're tr everyone's trying to find like fulfillment and purpose and meaning in their lives, right. And everything that they're doing. And I think, that is most readily found in three primary aspects of life. And I think it's in gratitude, growth, and giving, right? It's like if anybody in their life is feeling like something's missing or that they're um, not experiencing what they would like out of life, it's usually because one of those things is out of whack. So I had originally started um, work. I, I got my MBA, which I would not recommend to anybody. And that's a, where'd that, you get it at uh, UVU. Okay. That might be a little unorthodox. And I don't know if that's uh, no, something I, to promote on this podcast. I, but. I agree. I think the MBA should be starting a company or being in a startup. Yes. I think that's where you learn the most. Totally, man. And I think a lot of the current education system has needed, it's, it's in like a, uh, a position to be disrupted heavily. Every, every other major, um, aspect of life that we currently enjoy has been heavily disrupted, you know, through advances in technology. If we look at the way we communicate, you know, it was a, a, a pony with some mailbags on the side for years, and then it was Morse code and then phone lines. And now we've got all these cool ways to talk zoom and, and everything. Uh, right. And then you look at the way we've traveled and it was the same thing, pony and cart. And now we're flying and rockets and all this stuff, but school, yeah. I mean, it started the same it was a brick and mortar location. You had all the Ivy leagues, Brown and Stanford and Harvard and all those places. And in the beginning, those were great, great locations to learn from true masters, you know, and what they were doing. But it's, it's kind of, it's stayed that way for hundreds of years and we needed, we need to disrupt it. And so yeah, I agree. It's, it's awesome. Um, so I finished my MBA. I went and worked as a business intelligence analyst, but I just wanted, I wanted to do something that was more impactful. I don't know if I ever really planned on entering the world of entrepreneurship. Um, but it has been the best decision I could have ever made uh, because it allows me to be able to create impact. I, I really, really want to make a dent, positive dent in the world, you know, before cashing out yeah. someday. Uh, and so that's my main focus, you know, in entrepreneurship to try to help people out like you, right? Like I want to, I really want to yeah. help people give back. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more when you're a BI analyst, where was that at? How long? 
Great question. Yeah, I was at Vivint Solar, um, and it was it was great. Uh, I was running a bunch of stats for the sales guys, um, extracting data from you know big huge data pools with SQL. And it was I'm I'm a nerd. I love numbers, and so that was a lot of fun to run tables and make them yeah. pretty and all that stuff. But it just I didn't feel like it was doing. I I, I wasn't doing anything substantial. You know okay. that was yeah. Any trends or pieces of data that you found interesting from back in those days? Um, man, that's a good question. Uh, not, I, I'm sure it was interesting to the right people. To me, it was, uh, it was more just about individual reps, you know, and, and how they were performing and what they were installing and who, whose teams were struggling and which ones needed, yeah, you know, uh, some help and which ones were doing well. And so it was great. It was great intelligence for the management of the company to figure out what needed to be tweaked or adjusted. Uh, but, but nothing primarily, I, I was, I was, um, mostly analyzing rep patterns Okay. instead of actual solar patterns. Trying to predict anything or just notice like we should part ways with this guy, what type of stuff? Yeah. Just kind of reporting on like how an indiv- they had regions kind of set up and we would report on how the regions were doing and how management was doing and each rep in that given, uh, you know, that leader's team. And so it was. It, it was m- more for uh, rep development or, or team development for leaders to be able to kind of analyze instead yeah. of, you know, trends in, in the actual business. So you felt like, and I want to make sure I understand it, the, you, had a, you weren't doing your calling or you didn't have your impact or whatever yeah. it was. So what helped you make that transition? Because I think a lot of people have experienced that are experiencing that or will experience those same feelings with their job, right? Absolutely, man. Yeah, I think it's important. So a couple thoughts on that, and I love that question. Uh, Mark Twain, he said the two most important days in your life are the day that you're born and the day that you figure out why. And I think a lot of times individuals have these feelings, you know, about kind of what, what might be a good decision for them, but human beings tend to struggle with action. And so they'll say, it would be so cool if I could do something like this, you know, and they'll think, ah, but somebody else has probably done it. Or I don't know if it's worth my time and I'm just going to stick kind of in this lane. That's that everybody else is kind of fitting into in the corporate world. Yeah. And everybody's conditioned to, um, kind of fit into the rat race, these hamsters on a gerbil wheel, nine to five, nine to five, leave, go back and back and forth. And it's, it's nice for an individual to realize they can break out of that, you know, the nine to five grind, and they can really do anything that they want to do. And a lot of that I think is born in, uh, their, their minds and in their brains and mindset has come to be something that is a bit, uh, cliche. Like we talk about mindset and it's like, ah, I don't need that. I just want like the application based stuff. Sure. But I would, I would argue that mindset is the most important thing for an individual to focus on in order to get what they want because their reality is crafted first in their mind and then brought into existence through act acting on particular thoughts. So like there's this guy, um, I'm sure your, your reps have all read this book. It's so good. They can finish it in 30 minutes on audible at 2x speed if they haven't, but it's called as a man thinketh by James Allen. Yeah. So good. And he's, he, he brings up a lot of good points, but one of the things he said, he says, your mind's a garden, your thoughts are the seeds says you can grow flowers or, or you can grow weeds. And I, I like this idea that we can create this really like a garden of Eden in our minds. It can be a place where we can go to reflect and create and become you know, the very, very best versions of ourselves. If, if we choose carefully what we feed into that machine, you know, because whatever we put into that machine can be a powerful, um, creation tool, right. And bringing things into yeah. existence. I always think of my mindset as my operating system for my, my body, which is my I life. Right. Yeah. And we, we actually internally at the company, we have a, a eight month coaching track. And one of the first things that we talk about is mindset. I love that. It's everything. It's your foundation. It is. Right? Yeah. It's your operating system. And so I feel like also that the default operating system that you're raised with, and it's nothing against anybody's parents, but oftentimes, whether it's your parents, it's school, it's just society in general, whatever, the default operating system is definitely not the best operating system. And it takes a lot of effort and being intentional about your mindset to get off of that and upgrade your your OS, I guess I would say. Yeah, absolutely, man. I could not agree more. And I think too, I mean, to that point as well, maybe just one last 
thought on the importance of mindset, there's, uh, there's another individual, his name's John Greenleaf Whittier. And he, he said of all sad words of tongue and pen, the saddest are these it might have been. So I think a lot of individuals, you know, they, they think there's always going to be time to get what they want out of life. But yeah. unfortunately, like if Covey, I'm sure your guys study yeah. Covey too, but yeah, the whole idea Covey. is like, he's the best. Like if people can begin with the end in mind and start crafting a life that's conducive to what they would like to have happen on the last day of their life, it becomes really, really easy to make difficult decisions. For sure. And, and, and Brian Tracy said, if we do hard things, life will be easy. You know, and if we do easy things, life will be hard. And so if we know what we want to become at the end of our lives, then choose to take the road less traveled. Yeah. Life is, is built the way we want it to. Which I love is cool. that you brought up Covey, why we're talking about this, because in Seven Habits, the very first thing he talks about is you're the programmer. Yeah. And then the second thing is, so what's the program? And he talks about that over and over and over in Seven Habits, Habit One, Habit Two. And so I love that. He was one of the first people that the content that I consumed that talked about being intentional with your life and creating what you want to create. And I actually got to know him and had a couple experiences with Covey before he passed away. Oh, uh, wow. He, for me, he's top three people that have impacted my life the most, for sure. I love Covey stuff. And I'm sure you impacted his life, too, <laughs> honestly. I don't know. He he had things pretty dialed, but but I just hope to be like that, too, you know? That's awesome, man. So you you made the switch because it sounds like you kind of unplugged from the career, which probably could have been a really good career, being a BI analyst, and there's, they get paid well. There's a lot of opportunity there, but you unplugged from that. And then you jumped right into what you're doing now? No, I've done a bunch of different things. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's a very, I mean, a crazy story. I think whenever we want something in life, uh, there's always going to be some sort of test, like to prove what it is that we really would like to, to get out of a particular experience. So like somebody may be prone to say like, hey, I'm brave or I have courage. But no one really knows that unless they're put in a situation where they can prove that that's true. You know, mm -hmm. and so it's interesting, like in a lot of, if I was in a room with a thousand people and I were to say, Hey, who in this room wants to be an entrepreneur and who wants freedom? Sure. Everyone will raise their hand, yeah. all 1000 people. But if you were to put those 1000 people into a situation that would be, um, that would require them to do things that are really hard to demonstrate right? certain qualities yeah. that help them get what they all want. Right. Exactly. There's always a price to pay. And yeah. it's, and I think sacrifice is what breeds meaning right in our lives. Like I think about my marriage, I'm obsessed with my wife and I love her so much because I, that, that relationship, like I, I'd do anything for it. Right. Like I just love her. It makes, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a sweet thing. Like I think love is born from sacrifice. I think meaning purpose is all born from sacrifice as well. And so like an individual may feel like, yeah, you know, I want to experience entrepreneurship. And I, I was kind of backed up against a wall where I had a buddy, a mentor who told me, he's like, Raj, you know, like you got to make the jump. You know, if you're going to do this, you got to, you got to make the jump. And so I went to the person I reported to and I was scared to death. Like this is that Vivian? Yeah. I was so scared. I felt like I was going to throw up. I think I, I mean, I was, it, it, people, act like it's this easy thing, but it's terrifying, right? To do th something on your own because most yeah. people are in a position where they're getting fed from the company. And when you choose to kind of go all in, it's, it's kind of eat what you kill. You know, your reps understand that yeah. you got to produce in order to make money. And so I had gone to the person I reported to and I told her, Hey, I think I'm going to quit, start this business. And she said, wait, she's like, if you stay for just three more months, we'll pay you 10 grand in cash and we'll increase your salary, which was good. And so I went back to my mentor. I was like, dang, man, like at that time, that <laughs> sounded pretty good. Yeah. You know, I was like, that sounds, that sounds all right. And he told me, he's like, Raj, he's like, put the 10 grand in a bucket and burn it. He's like, that's nothing. He's like, you're only focused on, on right now. And he was exactly right. I'd, I'd quit my job and, uh, I did a little bit of sales consulting for a little bit and then started this company and it, it did well. It took off and things went great. It's called Tuple. I still have that company. It's been a ton of fun. Um, and I've done some other things kind of in the interim, but I, I found now what I'm primarily focusing on is, is, uh, helping people create passive income through, uh, online assets through, through digital assets, which is a lot of fun. What attracted you to this? 
Um, people, I think it goes back to like purpose and meaning. And I found tuple was primarily like marketing to SMB. It was SMB. So small to medium sized businesses. And I, I felt like I wasn't having really a whole lot of individual impact, right. In people's lives. Yeah. And I've always, always loved to teach. I love, love teaching. Um, and so I figured it'd be a lot of fun if I could make a career at it doing that, you know? And, and so that's what I've done. And that's where I, I find myself insanely happy. I love work. Like love, love, love working. I have an amazing team like you. You've got some really, really good people here helping out. Definitely. Makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, and so now we're just teaching people to basically recreate what I built at Tuple, which is fun. Okay. So tell us more about it because that's why I wanted to connect with you is, you know, passive income is huge. And that's what we're trying to create for everybody that works for us is opportunities for that. So how could they utilize you? Yeah, good question. So um, generally, like in, when an individual hears passive income, their first thought goes to real estate. It's like, okay, how do I buy property and create cash flow? And that's good. Real estate's good, but it, it, it's something that's been promoted as easier than it actually is in a lot of cases, right? Like if you, Brandon Turner or Brian, uh, who's his partner? Uh, Brian Murray, is it Murray? Who wrote the, the books with him? Great guys, like really, really great guys. But they'll, they'll say, like, it's tough stuff. Yeah. Um, it's it's really, really challenging. And so w- what's nice for some, and I'll, we can talk a little bit about why that's the case. Like, if you're, especially in today's market, buying a regular single-family home, it's 500 grand, right? You're going to put, if it's an investment, you'll put 20% down. You know, so you got to put 100K down. It's going to be a 30-year mortgage. And then let's say that the let's say that the mortgage on that property is $2,000 a month. So in order to cash outside of all of the other opportunities that real estate affords, like depreciation and tax, you know, hedges and all of these great things that an equity appreciation, which is good to one of the best that can give an individual is cash flow. But if the mortgage is two grand and you're charging 2,200, you spent 500 K to make $200 a month in, yeah. in cash flow. And so what I, feel is really, really important for people to understand is that there are so many ways to make a whole lot more cash flow wise, like tons and tons more with less investment, zero investment. Yeah. Zero dollars. So my company's called zero dollar startup. So we, we charge people to teach them how to do this, but we teach them how to create a very, very lucrative passive income, uh, business without any money put into the deal. And I'll tell you kind of how that works. So if somebody were to build, let's say there's, this is, it's really cool how this stuff works. We, we teach it kind of like if you think of like a, uh, an apartment complex, that's magic. So it has unlimited supply and high demand, right? So the, the challenge with real estate is that if you buy a property, if you want more cash flow, you either need to add value or need to buy more real estate. Right. So somebody will buy one house if, and they make, maybe they're making $200 in cash flow. But there's also a lot of microeconomic risk associated with that investment. Right. Like if their renters move out, backtracking a little bit, let's say they're, yeah, $200 in cash flow times that by 12. So annualize their return. They're going to be making $2,400 in the year off that one property. Yeah. From but, 100K. Yeah. That's right. But if they, but if somebody moved out for two months and the mortgage was two grand, they lost 4K in rent income, right? And so they've cannibalized some of their cash flow because these renters moved out, which presents microeconomic risks, especially at scale. So real estate can be super, super cool, really lucrative, but also highly risky. So what I tried to build and what I um, am so excited to be able to teach people about is this model that is truly, truly no risk. There's zero risk associated with it. And there's, that's anomalistic. There's very few situations in life that are actually no risk. And the reason for that is we have all of these uh, home service type businesses, right? So blue collar work, which everyone has kind of left. I've got HVAC, plumbing, electricians, epoxy flooring, landscaping, rockscaping, pergola building, window cleaning, carpet cleaning, like all of these, these businesses, they're very, very proficient in what they do. They're really, really good at their trade, but they have no idea how to get business, like no clue how to do it. So I teach someone, I say, hey, like we can build an asset it costs you zero dollars, no money at all. You can drive traffic to that asset. And by traffic, what I mean is people that need a particular service. So let's just take like epoxy flooring okay. as an example. That's big yeah. right now, right? All yeah. over Utah, it's big. So there's these epoxy flooring dudes that need work. 
you know, they, they need more, they need more jobs. And so if I were to call one of those guys, let's call him Dwight Schrute. Let's say this guy named Dwight Schrute needs more epoxy jobs. And I say, Dwight, Hey, I can find you a ton of people who already need their floors epoxied. Can you handle any more work? Or are you completely slammed right now? Right. Dwight's going to be stoked. Like, dude, I would love more work. I've been trying to figure this out. I'm going door to door. I'm sending out mailers. I need more jobs. So I can tell Dwight, hey, man, I can send you 15 to 30 people in a month who already need their floors done. And to him, that's big. That's really big because they make $2,000 per job they do. So let's say that I send him 30 people and he has a 30% close ratio. So he closes nine deals. He just made 18 grand, right, from these people that I'm sending over. Yeah. Now, what's so cool about this opportunity is that I, it's fully automated, so I don't have to do anything. Once it's built, I don't do squat. It's just if somebody wants their floor epoxied, they're automatically sent to Dwight's cell phone. Hey, Dwight, here's their name, number, email. Here's how big the job is. Here's when they want it done. So what I can do is, again, if you think of real estate as a passive investment model, this is the coolest thing ever. Because now what I can do is charge Dwight $1,200 a month to rent traffic from me. And so it's amazing, right? Because it didn't cost me any money to build this asset. It's going to give me four and a half X what a real estate investment will give me with no money invested. And there's no risk because there's no mortgage. So if he leaves, it's totally fine. I can just replace his spot as a renter, right? And so yeah. like if I have, if I have 10 people like Dwight that need business. So I take 1200 times 10, that's 12 grand a month, you know, and just passive, passive recurring revenue coming into the business with me running it on autopilot. So kind of cool. So yeah. What's your involvement? Where do you guys come in? What are the students, people, what are they paying you for? Good question. So they come in, um, they, they pay us for coaching. So we teach them how to do everything. We help them set up. Yeah. So I have a full like online education program. They get a login, they go through all of the material. If they want coaching like one-on-one, then they can pay for the coaching. If they want to work with me, um, they can do that. Um, it's a little more expensive to work with me personally, but I can actually help them with their, their businesses as well. So it could be ongoing as well. Not just an initial coaching program. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. it is ongoing. The students get six months of coaching in the program. And then do you have other coaches? Yeah. Yeah, you bet. They do a great job. So one of the coaches, this is so cool. He, he was this little farm boy from Penguich, Utah, had never done anything like this in his life. He was a nine to five accountant and he got in the program and in his eighth month, he made over 30 grand and it was big for him that month. Yeah. in that month he made over 30 grand in a month and he texts me, he was working with me personally and he's like, dude, he's like, I'm making more this month than I made in a whole year in my first job. And, um, so we brought him on as a coach and so he's now coaching people as well on how to do this stuff. And then we have a mindset coach as well that if somebody hasn't made, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 K in a month, whatever they want to make in a month. then we have a coach that will help them kind of get their mindset in the right place to, yeah, that they believe that they can make that kind of money and yeah. there's no barriers there. Yeah. So do you run a lot of these pages for your personal income? I have a lot. I've stopped doing this so much. I've, I'm primarily focused on teaching. So I still have tuple and it's running. It's awesome. I've got, uh, we do a lot. There's a lot of different products within, I call it the $0 framework. Um, and I've got a team that kind of helps fulfill with those products, which is awesome. But I don't, I don't do a whole lot of that anymore individually. My focus primarily now is teaching people how to, okay. how to do it. I guess the only risk would be time, right? Yeah. It probably requires time to get this thing up and going. Yeah. I, and I think to that point, I tell, like, we've got, we've got a couple s- students that are sales guys and I tell people they don't need to invest a ton of time into it. What's, I think, what do you think the expectation is time-wise? Great. A month? 30 minutes a day for five days out of the week. So if they could invest for how long, two and a half hours a week for depends on how So what's cool is each deal can pay in a, uh, in a recurring amount. Yeah. So if they, let's say that somebody is currently making with you guys, maybe they're making 30 K in a month or 20 K in a month, but they want an extra five K a month in recurring income that, that's coming in passively. If they can dedicate themselves 
uh, you know, to doing this for two months at 30 minutes a day, they'll, they'll, they could be there easily at 5k. So they wouldn't, would they still need to do 30 minutes a day or does the time requirement decrease after it's set up? It decreases. So okay. say they want to get to 5k a month, then they could just, they could stop. Right. And yeah. as long as it's, it's a lot like real estate where just because you own a house, it doesn't mean the renter will stay there forever and ever. Sure. So somebody could be using this, the product and be like, all right, I'm going to change or go to a different one and then yeah. they could find somebody else to replace it. Yeah. But it's uh, p there's people that are very sticky. They stick with the product for a long time if they've got a good, good thing going. And the example you used, you said that they would just pay monthly, like they would rent your marketing service. Yeah. Do you, do you teach that instead of paying per lead? Yes. Yeah. And the reason that's such a great question. This is why w what we're doing is very different than what, anybody else is doing really it's it's like a new new way to do this because in, in almost any industry out there there's marketing companies that will create leads and then sell you leads yes and i've seen all like just in our industry i've seen all the different ways to market it it could be per lead it could be per appointment it could be per close it whatever right yep but it's usually on one of those things so with you you're saying don't do any of that just have them pay you monthly no matter if 10 or 50 leads come in. Is yeah. That right. This is why if, if there's, first of all, it's much better for the rep, right? Or the, it would be better for the epoxy flooring owner for the HVAC guy, the plumbing sure. person. It could be cheaper for them. Yeah. But on the flip side, they could also overpay. I mean, how do they know you're going to perform? That's right. That's a good question. So what we'll do for the, the, the student, right? Let's say that, uh, let's say that somebody I'm teaching, right? I'm teaching them how they can generate traffic. And the different thing as well about what we're doing is that that one asset that they're building, it can service the entire country. So that's different from what most marketing companies are going to do is they'll Got say, it. Hey, like, yeah, say there's ABC epoxy company. They'll go tie into that asset of ABC epoxy and run traffic from that asset. But I'm teaching people like, let's say somebody wanted to run traffic for a solar company, like Empower, they could create, I could create something called like Comstock Solar Services as the asset and then drive traffic for an infinite amount of reps under that one asset that's just for them. All over the country. All over the country. So that's why it's like an infinite apartment complex, mm. right? And that's why it provides, it provides a ton of value, right? Like your guys love leads. And obviously in this case, if I can provide value or a student can provide value, somebody that knows how to do this, it creates a symbiotic relationship between the sales rep and the individual that's, that's producing. So the student though, in that scenario, it, let's go back to epoxy floors. They would have to go find an epoxy floor company in every market that they could give leads to, right? Okay. Unless they're in four States, you know, that one company, but then this other company's in two States and this one's only in one. They'd have to partner with all those. No, what's cool is in this case, like, so let's say there's a company called Rocky Mountain Home Services, right? Okay. As the asset. That asset could service all of Utah with different epoxy flooring companies in different locations based off of like marketing demographics. So I could say like, hey, say there's a company that works only in Orem, Utah. I could say, and say again, his name's Jim Halpert in this case. So Jim's working in Orem. I could say, all right, Jim, I'm going to find people within a 20 mile radius of where you're at that need their epoxy floors done. But let's say we've got somebody else up in Salt Lake in a different County. I can still work with him under the same asset and get him totally different people based off of a radius that we're trying to target. Yeah. What I'm saying though, is the student has to go partner with the guy in park city and the guy in Orem. Right? Yeah. Yes. And they, do they, you guys help them with those partnerships or do they go out and get them? We help them learn how they can find them really easily. So we teach them tools that make it like, you help Very simple. It. Yeah. Yeah. And we teach them how to actually run their own, their own ads as well to bring those people in. Uh, but what I primarily focus on is making sure that the student is making money before any money goes out. So the $0 framework is if there's a client, they, they pay you to do work for them and then you pay for the traffic. And that way they're getting value and the student is put in a position of no risk. So you wouldn't go run Facebook ads that cost money unless you have money coming in? Yes, okay. that's exactly right. Yeah, otherwise the student is is fronting money for leads and it makes it tricky to keep track of stuff and paying well, for those things. Well, how do you things. get a client to know what you can do if you haven't produced any leads though? You can offer like a money back guarantee if that's something that's important to them. So you could say, hey, like if we don't get you 
the leads, right, that you're looking for, we can refund you the total amount. But they people are really cool. I mean, they understand that there has to be skin in the game on both sides. Because when, when an individual says, hey, I just want leads and I'm not going to pay until yeah. they're coming through, it, it, it requires the individual running the ads to front a lot of risk, right? They're having to put money out there. And if, if that person isn't good at closing, if it's like a paper lead based off of closes, it can be kind of challenging. So in this case, both people kind of absorb some of the impact and they end up paying less because it's a fixed amount instead of something that's lead based. Yeah. What's the most monthly income you've seen under one asset? That's a good question. Um, I need to, I need to check as far as the students are concerned. What's cool is I actually teach as well, like in, in a digital, uh, like a digital environment. And what I'll, what I'll relate this to is like hard asset real estate, right? So we have on one side, people buying into syndications for apartment complexes. We have them doing Airbnbs. We have single family homes. We have, uh, I mean, our RV parks, mobile parks, right on this side. On, on the digital side, what the internet affords an individual is the ability to create a digital portfolio of different types of $0 framework products. And what I mean by that is it's not just an online asset, right? Like you could have, you could have like web management in, in that, uh, kind of portfolio. You could have yeah. SEO, yeah. PPC, any of those marketing tools under one portfolio. But the important thing that an individual has to understand is that a fulfillment can be done from a, a completely different group. So that, that there's a student isn't required to actually go out and do SEO or, or build a website or do PPC, right? It's just basically them facilitating a deal, finding someone that needs it, and then somebody else doing the fulfillment. What are you seeing cool. across? Like, what are some of the success stories? I, I And I want to hear about the other side too, maybe the ones that didn't work out, but I'd be curious to know, what are you seeing with some of the students? Like, what are they seeing in monthly income? Yeah, it's really, really cool. So we've got this, I won't say names, uh, but we've got this student that just got in the program after two months. I think he's currently at $6,700 a month. It's coming in and recurring, which is stellar. And his margins are good. I teach people to get 50 to 95% margins on deals they're doing. Um, and that's after two months with this particular guy, another guy I'm actually meeting with right after this, uh, this podcast, he, he just got in two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, and he's already got, um, close to, I think now uh, close to 2,500 to three K coming in monthly and really high profit margins on those deals that he's doing. The margin would be the only thing that eats into that is ads. Yeah, that's right. So like a good example would be to say, let's say one of these epoxy flooring owners is spending $1,200 a month. So once they, once they say, yeah, I want to work with you, right. To the student, they collect the money and then the student starts running traffic. And that traffic will usually range from 270 to $320 a month okay. to generate. So they're total, like, this is why, um, you know, off of one client, they're going to get about a four and a half X return higher as far as cash flow goes than they would off of a real estate deal for no money, right? So it's cool is somebody's going to spend 500k for $200 of cash flow. In this case, somebody's going to get $900 of pure profit um without spending any money. Just it's super cool for hmm. people to kind of understand totally. how this how it works. What do you think the success rate is? Like if 100 students go through your program, how many are generating money? Good question. I think that will always depend um Tony Robbins says knowledge is not power. Right, like it's knowledge applied. Power. Yeah, knowledge applied is power. So what yeah. we're finding is students that are applying, what they're learning, they're crushing it. They do very, very well. People, it's just like school. There's usually, it's interesting. Like we look at patterns, you know, standard deviations. We can see things that occur generally, like in nature. And we find that it's it's kind of like if somebody goes through a program and they, they just listen and learn, like college, right, or, or school, not everybody's going to take everything that they learned in the classroom and, and apply it into their business life. Those that do are going to excel. They're going to do really, really well. So there's a chance of a student going through this program. And if they don't choose to act on anything they learn, I mean, they, they will not be successful, right? They, there's yeah. no way they will. But the guarantee that's super cool. I mean, if a student goes through the program and if they apply everything that's taught and we walk them through everything, like we hold their hands through the whole process they'll, they'll crush it. Right? They can do very, very well. A good example again, is that the 
country boy that had never really done anything like this, right? This mm-hmm. was super new and it s- skyrocketed from where he was at, which is awesome. How much does the coaching program cost? Good question. To work with me personally, it's it's 40K individually to work with me. It's 30K to work with me through like a walkie-talkie app. We use Voxer. It's really cool. To work with the coaches and to go through the program, it's 20K. And then we have an option for people to go through the program without coaching. There's enough in there. They get to join a community of people and get on live coaching calls and get full access to the program for 12K. So that can be that can be helpful for someone that feels like, hey, I'm a self-starter, like I don't need yeah. you know, coaching through the So 12 course. to 40 is yeah. the range? Sounds 12 like. to 40. So the risk is 12 to 40. Yeah. Because you're coming in with some capital investment. Yes. Right? If they, yeah. Like if they, like for the education, if they pay for it and they don't do anything with it, that, that would be the risk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else haven't we covered that you would normally cover when you're sitting down with someone and just going as an overview with, I like, I don't think this is for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just fun to talk to you. Like, I don't know if any of your team, <laughs> uh, you know, people listening, this would be meaningful for, Yeah. I uh, I would hope that if it was something that was meaningful, we were able to help like in any way. My, my goal is to help people who want to break out of the nine to five have an opportunity that creates like real freedom. I think that's like, I, I love to be able to ask people with, with the team. It's fun. Like sometimes I get to hop on calls with my, my guys and it's like, yeah. why did they want to get on a call? Most people want freedom in their life. And like, if you could put somebody in a time machine and say, okay, like in a year from now, what does your life look like? They don't, they don't usually say like, Hey, I want to be in this day-to-day grind where I can't make it to a kid's baseball game or like a girl's dance class. It's like, I want, I want to control my time. I want to be my own boss. I want freedom. And so our goal is to help them get there. Right. And I know we have a vehicle that is very conducive, uh, to doing that quickly. If somebody wants freedom, they can, they can create it really, really quickly. If I was a student and I came to you and said, Roger, my full-time job, I'm making, 7k a month how many assets do you think that would be oh they could get there in two and a half months like with they, one asset or two one yeah one? well that one okay. asset can that that one asset can serve a an entire industry so like a good example would be like let's say that they have one called rocky mountain home services right they could serve hvac plumbing electricians epoxy flooring mm-hmm. landscaping Got it. And then say let's say they want to help wedding planners right they could have another one called like utah wedding planning and they could serve all Utah wedding planners, or they could just call like United States wedding planners, yeah. right? And run run an asset across the country to create really cool opportunities for wedding companies, right? That need that need leads, that need yeah. people to talk to, but also create recurring income for themselves. What's your philosophy? So if I was a student and I was looking at this, would it be better for me to stay with the Rocky Mountain Home Services and just take that everywhere in the country? Or would it so go deeper in one vein or to be better to go wide and start the wedding planning thing and something else? It's, it's always better to focus on a particular niche. And I think it's because you become a industry expert in, in a given field. People that try to spread themselves too thin yeah. end up not being able to really help in a lot of ways. Right. Like what yeah. I love so much is that um, it, it's if a student focuses, let's say they're focused on home services. Right, they're able to go into an HVAC company and say, "Oh yeah, we know exactly what it is you're going through and how we can best serve you." Right, or an epoxy comes like, "Yeah, we worked with a bunch of epoxy companies. This is what's going to be best for you in your area." I've got a student who works primarily with like dentists, right? People mm-hmm. that, and he's really, really good with that. And that's what I would suggest to someone: like, pick a niche, get really, really good at it, and then if you choose to branch out later, you can do that. But it's good to focus. So, what are the expectations that the student should have coming into it? It, it sounds like thirty minutes a day at least. What else? Yeah, to that point too, like uh, your questions are great. I, I think it's important for somebody to understand that how crucial it is to practice the seventh habit of Covey, like sharpen the saw. A lot of people just overburden themselves in life, right? They experience major amounts of overwhelm. So, and that can be brutal. It can be brutal for their family lives. It can yeah. be brutal for their personal lives, spiritually, emotionally, physically. So what I tell people is like, Hey, if they're, if they're working a nine to five, I did it wrong. Like I went cold Turkey, right? I quit my job and went all in and that was so super scary. So again, like my goal was to create a solution where people could create a business. They could be an entrepreneur with no risk 
outside of paying for the education, right? Yeah. Like, so they can keep their nine to five job until they've built up enough passive income to say, Hey, like I'm, I can run my own I'm show now. now. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so what I would suggest for people is like, Hey, if you're working a nine to five, come home, be with your family for an hour, like totally decompress, watch an episode of the office, you know, hang out with your, with your sweetheart and kids or whatever it is. And then just budget every day. The, the, the main, uh, focus for any individual in their lives to get what they want out of life's experience should be consistency and the compound effect, right? Like that's, it's, it's interesting what 30 minutes of time will do over a six month period for sure. Instead of like somebody strapping a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger up on their wall and being like, dude, I'm going to look like Arnold by going to the gym for 48 hours straight. I'm not going to eat any, you know, any bad food and I'm just going to push it. They'll come out of the gym super discouraged. They're not going to look anything like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're going to be depressed and frustrated and they'll, they won't go back to the gym. So what's really powerful for an individual to understand is it's like, Hey, you can be a very successful entrepreneur. You can have complete freedom by making sure that you allocate intentional time to this for, you know, 30 to 45 minutes a day for two months. And you'll have thousands of dollars of of passive income, which is really cool. What are other investments outside of this industry that we're talking about? Is there, are you doing a lot of investing outside of this? Yes. Yeah. What, what type of stuff? Yeah. I dollar cost average in, I mean, everybody's been wrecked in crypto recently. Yeah. It's been tough. Yeah. I, I was heavily, heavily invested into crypto, lots and lots of money in there. And I mean, everybody's been hit by it, but I think it's an incredible opportunity, like learning experience. I love, love, love that things are down because it, it's, again, it's a test, right? For people. It's like, this is it's great to learn what works. We've constantly seen ups and downs in any sort of market, whether that's real estate, crypto, the stock market, um, anything. Right. And so what most people do is they get scared and they leave, you know, it's like, Oh man, this is terrible. I'm out of here. Uh, but what's interesting is if people can get in the habit of doing what other people aren't doing, they're going to be better off financially. Totally agree. So like right now, while everybody is leaving and they're scared, I'm dumping money into stocks and crypto, you know, every single month, dollar cost averaging, it's, it's not a ginormous amount yeah. every single month, but I want to capture the upsides and the downsides sure. to be smart about what's happening in the future. With crypto, is it NFTs? Is it just buying like Bitcoin and Ethereum? Is it smaller altcoins? Like what type of stuff in crypto? Good question. That's a big umbrella. Yeah, it is. It's, it was a lot of decentralized finance, DeFi, uh, okay. while things were good. Yeah. Um, now it's a lot of blue chip stuff. So it's like Solana, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polygon. It, okay. I had a little bit of Luna. Luna went. I mean, yeah. So just that, buy and hold type of stuff. Yeah, okay. right now. But I also am a big fan of staking, right? Yeah. Like I'm in okay. positions that, are, that can pay passively as well for what, assets. What percentage returns are you seeing staking? Well, uh, that's, Annually. that's tough too, because DeFi, uh, they, they had, um, if, if, I don't know if anybody's familiar with some of those, like Daniela Sesta projects that were, they, the API was touted as really, really high, really high, but it was built around game theory, right? Yeah. Where everybody has to be staking in order for that return to happen. It, it, it wasn't sustainable. And yeah. so, uh, currently I don't know the exact APY on those those returns. I, I know like if somebody's going to choose to stake like Bitcoin or Ethereum, they're, they're much more realistic returns. They're going to be getting like six to 12%, mm-hmm. you know, off of, off of something like that, which is basically keeping up with inflation yeah. right now, but at least they're getting paid for assets that are being staked and held. Anything outside of crypto and stocks? Um, yeah, I, I purchased uh, a piece of real estate last year and I donated that real estate to cash Valley. Um, and it gave me a $240,000, $258,000 right off on my tax return, okay, cool. which was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a kind of a unique tax hedge that instead of buying the, the property and holding it, it, I bought it for a, um, there's like a geological survey of coal beneath it's a place. It's easement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so it gave a 6X return on any money invested, awesome. which was kind of cool. Cool. Um, one other question, like you talked about gratitude, growth and giving, maybe we'll end on this actually. How did you come up with that ideology? It sounds like you're a reader. You've quoted a lot of different people. I would guess that you're, you're investing a lot in yourself. So I'm curious how you came up with the gratitude, growth and giving. That's a good question. And honestly, like, I wish, 
Like this is something, a podcast, like I would love just to spend or invest <laughs> a lot of time talking about. Just on this? Yeah. Like, yeah. cause I honestly think the stuff we talked about is cool. And I love the fact that it helps people make money, but I, I speak quite a bit, um, you know, at events or different like gigs. And it's, it's interesting because what I'll do is I'll, I'll tell people in the room, I'll say, Hey, everybody close your eyes. And I'll say, think about what's most important to you. Everybody think about the most important thing. And I'll let them sit for just a little bit, open their eyes. And I'll just say, Hey, raise your hand. If you thought of money, right? Never, not once, not one person has ever raised their hand. Wow. Not once. That's but crazy. what I think is very interesting is like, we find ourselves in this paradox in life where like, it's brutal. Like it's, it's uh, uh sorry, I don't know what I'm getting. It's just, it's tough because I see like all these people, um, like that's all they care about. Right. It's like, I just need more money. I just yeah. need more money. That's what they're chasing. They get to the end of their lives. It's like, dude, you can't take any of it with you. It's, it goes back in the box. It's monopoly. And if you owned boardwalk and park place, it goes back in the box. If you, yeah. you know, so like, and I'm not saying money's bad. I like to make money. I like to make a lot of it, but yeah. it's, it's a means it's, it's a magnifier. Like it helps you do good things. Um, if you're already doing good things. Yeah. I'd say if you're doing bad things, it's a magnifier. Like you just said, it's just going to allow you to do more bad things. Totally, man. And so like my, my focus was I find pe- there's a lot of people with a ton of money and they're not happy. Like they are, they're absolutely miserable. Tony Robbins talks about that, right? Like they're not, they're not happy. And so, um, I think it's very interesting to see, uh, somebody start to kind of figure out how they can have balance in their lives with what really matters. Like at the end of my life, I hope that I'm on my, when I'm on my deathbed, I hope I go first before my wife. But like, I, I hope, you know, when I'm holding her hand and she's sitting there next to my bed, like, I think, I hope if somebody asks like, what was your favorite thing about your husband? I hope, and I'm crafting a life that is conducive to getting this result, right? Like her being able to say like, he loved me. You know, like he was obsessed with me. We made some of the best memories ever together. And I just love him so much. I'm going to miss him like crazy. I would never want that answer to be like, oh, the, the guy loved money, you know, and he was never there. And so I'm, I'm building a lifestyle that is conducive to doing whatever I want. Right? Like I can do, I can do whatever. If I want to travel, we can travel or we can be together. Um, because I, that's what my value is like her and the relationship my kids too, like I don't have kids yet. We're trying right now. But like if my kid has a baseball game, I'm going to be there. I'll beat every one of them. Right? Like, Because I want at the end of my life when my kids are asked, like, hey, what would you think of your dad? I'll be like, my dad, I knew, I knew that man loved me because he spent so much time with me. You know, and so those, that's kind of like the brain, uh, the, the, the conception of like gratitude, growth, and giving. Too many people are focused on what they don't have instead of all the things they do have. You know, they're focused on things they can't control instead of things they can control. And then they tend to blame, you know, like it's, it's very, very interesting when things don't go their way, they immediately look at everything else to blame about this. And I call it excuse juice. It's like, you got to get rid of that stuff Mm -hmm. because that's cool. Right. Yeah. Like there's no excuse for not getting what you want out of life. And if those three things are in alignment, if you're, if you're constantly grateful, um, Tiny, tiny last thought. They did a study on monkeys. It's super funny. Um, they gave a monkey an apple and it was just stoked. It's like, this is the coolest thing. I got this apple. I was pumped to get it. And then they gave an, a monkey two apples and then they took one away and it was ticked, right? It was really, really mad, but it had the same amount as the other one. But it was just focused more on what it didn't have comparison to the fact that it had this, this apple, right? And hmm, so if we can be grateful, yeah, for what we have and if we can be constantly looking for opportunities to give back... And that can be money. Like I've given away a lot of money. That's great. But it can also be like a compliment or like, and just investing a lunch with someone like showing interest in them and then growth, right? Like growth is something that makes us very happy when we're progressing. And so, yeah, they're good. Okay. One more question. I know I said closing on that, but top three most influential books. Oh dude, that's a great question. Um, it'd be hard to pick three, but I, I would say, uh, this is an interesting recommendation and one that people may not have heard, but I would highly recommend the book, the anatomy of peace. 
It's written by the Arbinger yeah, Institute. Totally. Have you read it? Yeah, it's Dude, incredible. It's amazing, right? It's really it's, incredible. It's very, very good. And just as like something kind of tangential to that book would be The Outward Mindset, also written by the Arbinger Institute and uh, Leadership and Self-Deception. But um, I would recommend the book Shoe Dog uh, because it. It, it's so good, dude. Like yeah. people realize they can build whatever they want. They don't need to be anything special. Phil yeah. Knight wasn't, right? He's just this regular old guy. Yeah. And it's a very entertaining book as well. Very. Yeah. It's like watching a movie, right? I yeah. mean, it's very good. Uh, the last one I would recommend, there's two, I mean, there's too many. Um, maybe a bonus one too. I'll, I'll, I think The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Yeah is really, really good as far as like getting results in life. It's very rubber hits the road application based. And then I would highly recommend three books together to read would be like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, Stephen R. Covey and As Man Thinketh by by James James Allen. Allen. When you say together, you're meaning like with your partner or spouse? What do you mean? Together. I, I would or just, you're just saying pair those three and read those three at the same time. Yeah, that's okay, right. I would put those together. Okay. If somebody, thanks Roger, I, I agree with all those. And I'll just say the Arbinger Institute is incredible. Amazing. A- anything Amazing. they produce is going to be very thought provoking content that will make you really think about how you're perceiving people and things. Absolutely. So I, I love the Arbinger Institute. Uh, if somebody wants to get a, a hold of you, work with you, what's the best way to look you up and, and yeah, contact be, you? Best thing. And by the way, I just, before we hop off the show here, like I just have to express tons of gratitude for you, man. Like I think the world of you, whoever's listening to this, whether it's your team or people listening to the podcast, this guy is worth learning from. He's full of goodness uh, and very, very um, smart, right? And inspirational. And so I'm just very, very thankful to be on the show today. It's kind of you to have me here. Roger, I feel the same way, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, uh, thank you. Come in here, bearing your soul, dude. You're the man. Getting into tears and stuff. So you, you just came in with so much passion and I appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. I, uh, yeah, I, I love this. This is making an impact for people. Hopefully it makes yeah. a difference. Uh, the best place to follow me is on Instagram, roger.comstock. There's a bunch of scam accounts. So be careful. It's just R O G E R period comstock, C O M S T O C K. You can also go to zero-dollar-startup.com and uh, just click. I can get you set up with, you know, talking to somebody who knows. Is zero spelled out or it's the number? Just the number. Cool. Yeah, zero-dollar-startup.com. Okay, Roger, thanks for coming on today. Dude, it's been awesome, man. Thank you.